Hello and welcome to another episode of Must See Matches. I am Kieran Ford and joining me as always, the man behind Must See Matches, the mastermind, Mark Buckwoody. Mark, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. Tremendous. This week, we are heading to NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, January the 27th, 2018, the Wells Fargo Center. Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas, the band I accidentally called Android last week in a bit that got edited out of the show, <laughs> even though I know very well what his name is. Peter Andre Cien Almas. <laughs> yeah. And as you can hear, they're joining us to mispronounce everybody's names uh, is Dave Ryan from Days of Thunder. Um, I'm not going to insult everybody and pretend it's been weeks since we last spoke. How have you been in the few minutes since we recorded the last show you were on? <laughs> pretty good I, I got a fresh pepsi i'm, I'm here for my my hat trick appearance i'm expecting to get my musty matches jacket in the post imminently. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're doing this is in uh release order time i am currently on holiday in new york i presume mark hasn't uh, burgled my flat um or if he has broken in is at the very least uh enjoying the video games and looking after it for me i might not even have a car still by this point that's very true <laughs> um and uh so it wasn't a whole load of just me and mark uh we picked a match that dave picked for his list and he's very kindly comes to talk to us about it so uh in true must see matches tradition like what was uh what was going through your head when you were writing the list and what propelled this onto it i think like almas versus gargano as well as being a match like i very much enjoyed at the time and maybe not to the same level but still quite enjoyed watching back um what it is for me in terms of must see is like it's a a perfect snapshot of a very fixed period of time and that Mm. is that like first super indie boom nxt era yeah it's it's all the things that made it great and all the things that would ultimately make it very tedious and annoying Mm. rolled into one you can see what had come before it to lead to this type of match and how great it was on the night and you could see the things in this match that while not bad or tropey at the time for nxt would be leaned into very quickly very consistently you are largely speaking aloud my notes i had for the end of the match Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I was at the time, and I presume you both were as well, like watching NXT regularly. It was one of the things, like the takeovers in particular were appointment viewing. Yeah, Th- this was legitimately a must-see match at the time. I don't think I saw this match at the time. Oh, I really? I honestly so it, don't. I actually thought that this match had the finish of the, uh, the Tommy End match. The Alistair right. Black match. Uh, so, yeah. So that's how much I haven't seen this match is that I gave it the wrong finish in my head. <laughs> so had you seen it before it popped up on the on the podcast list? I don't think I have, to be honest. Really? And it, it doesn't. It doesn't. So this and the Ultimate me. Warrior. <laughs> I, I mean, there are many more matches than this and the Ultimate Warrior yeah. that I haven't seen before. But yes, this is one that I would say the first time I saw it was when I sat down maybe a week ago if that about five days ago wow wow i was certainly watching at the time um and yeah like had been for like several years like nxt was the good wwe product for a long time i was a week-to-week tv fiend for nxt since like shortly before the network i remember downloading episodes of it um and then once it hit the network i was like oh right i'm completely done with ron smackdown now there's no point yeah like this is worth my 10 quid a month yeah yeah because even the stuff that like the thing that was great about nxt during that era up until like i think it really starts to dramatically fall off a cliff for me personally about three months after this Mm. i think the like once that gargano champa feud starts up in earnest that's when it's (laughs) it's slightly unfair to them but and we're we're kind of into the period where it's starting now but i always think of the authors of pain showing up as being when it starts to get bad yeah and like i up until that point even the stuff that wasn't as good was still interesting because one thing you could say about NXT for better or worse at the time that you couldn't say of main roster WWE was they were trying some stuff Hmm. and they would really throw stuff at a wall. And I will always say 
I will prefer a wrestling show that tries a million things. Um, and even if 70% of them are bad, it's still more fascinating than this kind of tepid, mm. uh, we're mm. never going, why fix what isn't broken, even though to me it is broken stuff that's on the main roster. That's why like, I kind of, um, to draw a comparison between it and like Dynamite, it's like I will still watch a bad Dynamite, one of the worst Dynamites over any episode of main roster WWE because at least like even the failures are interesting to me mm, in a way yeah. that... Yeah. Um, and that was the, the joy of NXT. With the high highs and even the lows were something interesting and something worth talking about. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that I'll say is I am very different from you two guys because except for short periods of time, I've never really been a TV wrestling person. I've never been someone that mm. can sit down and watch a show week to week. Mm. Uh, yes, at the peak, at the beginning of my uh, WWE viewing, like 2001, 2002, yes, I was. But I've, it's kind of why I prefer Japanese wrestling because you can get that couple of weeks break yeah, and then it's on again and it kind of gives me time to refresh. I... And I mean, I don't watch a lot of TV these days. I'm not over-exaggerating. This is legit. I read more books last year than I watched episodes of television, <laughs> including yes. the news. Yes, as a, as someone who follows your your Twitter can attest, that is very much the the truth. Yeah, you live the gimmick, brother. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in WWE, there's kind of there's quite a bit going on around this time. So the next month would be the Royal, the next month, the next night would be the Royal Rumble mm. with the first the first ever women's Rumble, which Asuka wins. Yeah. Um, incidentally, I think the 2018 men's Rumble won by Shinsuke Nakamura is top three Royal Rumble matches. Yeah. It's that 2001 and 1992 mm. are, are my top three Rumble matches. Great, great match. Mm. Also, Ronda Rousey shows up at the end of the Women's Rumble, kicking off her full-time WWE roster move. And two days before this match, the announcement of the XFL reboot. So there is a lot yeah. going on in McWrestling land. Yeah. Um, do do both? Is this the one where both participants in this match show up in the Rumble, or is it just Andrade? I, uh, it's just Andrade. So um, he is uh, number seven the next night. Yeah. He eliminates Kofi Kingston uh, and then gets hooshed out by Randy Orton because yeah. he's short, foreign, and works on NXT. Yes. Yes. Um, do you know what else, Mark, happened the day after this? Uh, I will say no. Okay. Even, even if it means yes, or do you actually mean uh, no? I mean, I literally... Don't know what happens the day after this. Okay. Uh, the match we covered on episode four, Timothy Thatcher versus Volta at Progress. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Big big weekend for must-see matches. I keep, I keep forgetting about that match. This is, this is also still during the period where like, it was regular that when they would do these weekenders where there was a takeover at a WWE pay-per-view, the takeover would blow the WWE oh, show absolutely. out of the water. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And this was, a, this was a thing for several years. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say about those takeovers, it was... They usually stuck to that five match format. Yeah. Each mm. match had a good build. Each match had a reason. Yeah. And they kept the show fairly short. Yeah. And that's a format that works. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. kind of, I get that you need to make wrestling feel special and make people feel like you've got the bang for your buck. But I personally think it's better to go short and make everyone really great. Like mm. for me, that was the Dragon Gate UK formula. They had like five matches in the pre-show match and it just mm. worked and it's fine for me. And I'm happy with that. In NXT for those takeovers, that was how they made it worth it for people in the building. They would have three yeah. dark matches, but mm. yeah. for the TV broadcast, it was it was a tight two hours and yeah. five matches and that was it. And for the most part, they were good and a Baron, Scor Baron Corbin squash. Yes, I, I, and I was just going to say, I have, so the WrestleMania weekend I went to, mm. I went to the TakeOver and I went to the WrestleMania and it was Dallas and the TakeOver was um, DIY American Alpha, Joe Baller, Bailey Asuka, uh, Nakamura, Sami Zayn. Oh. And then we had Austin Aries versus the Big Breakfast himself, Baron Corbin. <laughs> um I saw an unnecessary amount of Baron Corbin that weekend because if you remember, he also came into that battle royal, uh, the Andre on the Sunday, and I had also seen him wrestle at Access. Um, I was also there at Mania weekend and I did not watch that NXT live. I don't know if it clashed, but I watched Ring of Honor instead and re distinctly remember 
a certain Mr. Hart trying to get him with his stoned cat on his arm. Yes, it uh, it clashed with night one of Supercard of Honor because I was at night two then. Uh, the, the following day that had the the four corners tag or match with Motor City Machine Guns, the Addiction, the Briscoes and the Bucks. I literally can't tell you anything about any of the shows I went yeah. to. All I can remember is the stuff around it and especially sort of seeing someone trying to pay for a uh, Cadillac ride through the JFK assassination route and thinking, what kind of asshole do you have to be to do that? And then my friend says, oh, look, that's Rob Feinstein. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, good Lord. And to round it out, the only takeover I've been to is the one they did in London, and I just had to look up the card on Wikipedia because I can't remember any of it. Oh, that was uh, Ballard did his Jack the Ripper entrance. Exactly. I remember that, and I remember Asuka was on the show, and I remember- yeah. That was Asuka, Asuka Emma, wasn't it? Yes. Or was it Dana Brooke? No, it's, it's Emma. It's Emma with Dana Brooke. Well done. Ah, yes. Um, and I remember they shot two-thirds of the next week's TV show before TakeOver, mm. redressed the ring for TakeOver, and then to make you stay, they then redressed the ring again and did Sami Zayn's big return from injury match ah. as the post-main event. And that would then get edited onto the end of that uh, TV show. Oh, God, that was the Hey Bailey crowd, wasn't it? It very much was. Yes, yeah. I now remember that as well. Yeah. Uh, Mark, this is the our first time uh, with either of these men appearing on this show. Uh, well, actually, it's not. Isn't it? Oh, God, what have I forgotten? uh gargano and champa versus ftr oh god yes you're right well done this is our first johnny gargano singles man <laughs> <laughs> um how is that many the two out of three falls yes yeah oh, yeah and that was another thing like another feature of those takeovers was very often it was the tag match that was the and like people are like oh tag wrestling is back because like the revival have a have a good match on the takeover yeah because you had you had like uh, american alpha and the revival and then american alpha get called up and get replaced in that feud by tiy <laughs> it's yeah. like you just get an, uh, an upgrade yes yes yeah. definitely uh so uh, how many matches did each guy get nominated like how many are we going to be talking about okay so this is the last match that we'll be talking about for johnny gargano Mm -hmm. um, he had seven matches nominated, five in NXT, and four of those were in 2018. That shows what, like, how well received Gargano's 2018 was. Oh, it was so good. And then he had uh, a PWG four-way with him, Chris Hero, Kyle O'Reilly, and Drake Younger of all people. Who is in this match? It's the referee in this match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember when and we were the, all happy for him getting that job? Yeah. And the other one is a King of Trios match from Chikara, hmm. of all things, with uh, Fist against the Osaka Pro team. Of, yes! I uh, love that match. That match is fantastic, and it has the move I called The Move in it, which is an inverted razor's edge thrown into a diamond cutter. It's a fantastic double team. That's the one thing I remember about that match. That match is great. And sadly, Daisuke Harada, who was in that match, had to recently retire. So. Yes. Mm. Yes. That was the, everybody's exposure to Ultimate Spider Jr., wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I I have to say, for some unknown reason, I thought Ultimate Spider Jr. was Tako Yakida. He is not. I don't know who that is. He's a man whose gimmick is he's a Takoyaki. Okay. <laughs> I should have guessed from the name. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and how about Andrade, who these days is uh, Andrade El Idolo? It probably wouldn't surprise you that this is the last Andrade match. I thought that would be. Uh, I mm. thought that would be the case. Did he have anything else nominated he under did any have of his names? Two matches nominated, other than this one. Mm -hmm. One was the Alistair Black match, which, I, as I've before mentioned, I thought yep. was the finish of this one. Yep. And the other one is a uh, La Sombra match. Mm -hmm. It's the match where he lost his mask against mm. Atlantis. That's who a really we good will match. be seeing. Yeah. In a later episode. Yeah. Interesting. I thought it would have been, he had a, a couple of cracking matches against Shinsuke Nakamura, as I recall, over the Intercontinental title, and I would have thought it would be one of those. Oh, yeah. No, he had a mm. decent run. I mean, mm. he probably had one of the best luchador runs in New Japan because, mm. Mm. surprise, surprise, Mascara uh, Dorada, who was wasted in WWE, 
was also wasted in New Japan. Mm. He, he also had a great, like, at the end of his WWE run, like, they weren't, like, must-see matches necessarily, but, like, he had that little feud with Ray, where oh, everyone's oh, like, yeah. oh my god, Ray's back, guys. Yeah, where they somehow convinced uh, uh, WWE to let them do Canadian Destroyers on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh. One last stats thing. This is the third of four matches from the City of Love, Philadelphia. City of Brotherly Love, I believe, Philadelphia. Yes, yes. Only brothers, nobody else. Uh, so uh, I managed to uh, watch the bill for this. I watched the, the yeah. month of TV leading up to it, starting on January the 3rd which was a mistake because that's a two-hour recap of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it saved you having to watch all of 2017 in preparation. It certainly did. Um, one of the things on this show is they put a big graphic on the screen with almost with most slash all of the roster on it, and it is nuts to look back now and think that graphic contains Asuka, Shinsuke Nakamura, Kenta, Kairi Hojo, Malachi Black, FTR, Bobby Roode, Adam Cole, etc. All on the developmental brand. Yeah, yeah. Forty-year-old like, Bobby Roode recently yeah. debuted in developmental. Yeah, yeah, and sixty-five-year-old uh, Bobby Fish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but slightly pertinent to our story, uh, we get we get uh, Gargano and Ciampa go down to Authors of Pain at Takeover San Antonio. I think that's where they lose the tag belts. Um, the finish of Andrade winning the title from Drew McIntyre at NXT War Games. Um, sit down interview. Uh, sit down interview with Almas and Zelina Vega, his manager, uh, including clips of her using DIY T-shirts to distract Gargano so Almas could beat him twice. And they keep laughing at him, but they insist they're taking him seriously. Yeah. Um, there's a video on the DIY breakup with them losing the ladder match to AOP in Chicago, and then Champa turning on Gargano afterwards. Uh, a clip from last week where Gargano wins a four-way over Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, and Alistair Black uh, when Undisputed Era interfere, causing Black to suffer his first pinfall loss since debuting. Yeah. And a sit-down interview with Gargano where he talks about how 2017 largely sucked, like losing the tag belts, losing his best friend, and losing a bunch of big matches. But the thing about NXT is you only need one chance to get back on top. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I think that's just WWE booking liking to beat small men over and yeah. over, to be honest. Yeah. It's a, it's interesting, like, coming into this match where Andrade was because, like, he, he got the title because, like, Drew was supposed to be, like, their, their champion for a good while. And then Drew got hurt. Mm. And they happened upon, like, two things in quick succession really turned Andrade's career around in developmental. And that was the heel turn and then being put with Zelina. Yes. I mean, because I he was drowning in NXT yeah. for months. Yeah. When he had it, when he had his fedora with the feather in and his suspenders, yeah. like yeah. he was a joke. Oh God, I remember that. Just suspenders. drifting listlessly and like, it was, I think it's like part storyline and part reality. Like they, they, they're put together and he was refocused and like he just, yeah. he became a star. Like yeah. everything about him was better. I think one of the big issues was his English was very limited and yes. not only is she a good WWE style talker and could handle the the promos for him on tv but yeah. was also helping him with translation and learning english behind the scenes mm. and he's reinvented this company absolutely obsessed to this day with getting non-native english speakers to try and cut promos in english yes do you know what i mean like it's just it, sometimes it works and, and and sometimes it doesn't so um like th there are a couple of other things i really liked on on this episode like outside of this the, the our, our story there is the phenomenal ad for the 2K18 video game with the Snoop Dogg rap over it. Mm -hmm. uh, be, the, the Be Like No One ad. Unbelievable piece of work. The only thing wrong with it is there are lots of cancelled people in it now. It's like, I only thought those games were crap. Yes, also <laughs> that. that. Yeah. Um, there is a tremendous Asuka video uh, because she has done two years in NXT and has left for the main roster undefeated. Um, yeah. uh, but part of the great stuff of that is... Oscar speaking English, yeah. like so they have uh, they have uh, Ember Moon comes in and she's set up as the like the big challenger for Oscar, and Oscar's response is Ember who does she work here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, and then to round out this episode, there is a very honest Ember Moon like almost mini documentary. Yeah, it looks back at her life, including her first rejection letter from FCW, where they specifically pick out the phrase "she doesn't have the diva look." Yeah. Lots of footage from reality of wrestling. Norman Smiley using her real name, um, 
uh, a clip from AIW where the commentators call her finish, which in in NXT is the Eclipse. Its original name, which it now has again in AEW, the O Face. Yeah. Um, and uh, a man who looks a lot like Chuck Taylor in the background of one of her tryouts. <laughs> yeah, fantastic video. Uh, January the tenth. Uh, we are at Center Stage in Atlanta, Georgia, the home of WCW Saturday Night, and they have lit this place like complete shit. It looks horrible. <laughs> uh, super cool youngster Mauro Ronaldo refers to vlogs as vlogs. Um, we get a Zelina promo, uh, tells us Gargano didn't earn his title shot, he got lucky. He's, uh, she says three other guys beat the hell out of each other and he took advantage of the right one at the right time. Uh, she says Johnny Wrestling is a lie and they've beaten him already twice. Johnny Gargano's interview is un interrupted by, unfortunately, Velveteen Dream. <laughs> mm. uh, yep. Uh, he mocks Johnny for having taken 20 minutes to beat Cassius Ono, who he could have beaten in 30 seconds. Uh, he says Johnny also knows that he shouldn't have beaten uh, Alistair Black in the four-way and that he can't beat Almas. Asking Alexandria are our favourite band of this month. They have two songs to promote TakeOver. <laughs> they, uh, they would, in the, like, there was a long and proud history of every NXT TakeOver song being terrible. And they accidentally found a good band once. They had a ghost song before ghosts got really, really big everywhere. Mm -hmm. They had Square Hammer was the, uh, the theme for Rude Nakamura 2. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember going, I heard, that was the first time I'd ever heard Ghost. And I remember going, I was jarred by it not being the worst song I'd ever heard, <laughs> <laughs> which I was so used to in NXT video they, packages. Yeah, they most definitely varied in quality for sure. NXT loud. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that. Um, there is also the other, other thing of note from this show, a Lars Sullivan backstage walk before he comes out for his match. Yep. Uh, with Morrow making Sid jokes. Good Lord, he's humongous. He's vicious and will deal out his own brand of justice. All it was missing was break a leg, Lars. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, January 17th, we are still at centre stage. Uh, Zelina crashes a Regal interview to complain about Gargano having the title shot and tries to coerce Regal into setting up Gargano versus Velveteen. This is hilarious for Zelina, Regal, and the interview woman all standing in a line trying to face the camera, and six foot four inch Regal next to five foot Zelina Vega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the commentators are doing a piece to camera when Gargano comes out behind them and he gets in the ring with a mic. Uh, he says he hears everyone's talking behind his back and they all doubt his ability to beat the champion. He's had enough of being doubted and looked at as a loser, and he says he'll put his title shot on the line against Dream next week. Oh no, I have to watch a Velveteen Dream match. <laughs> Uh, other fun thing from this show uh, was uh, another of these mini docs but about uh, TM61 slash TMDK uh, and it starts with bloopers from them doing promos apparently for shows in Australia I don't remember did they ever do NXT in Australia I don't think so I don't remember it no like completely memory no it. but an off camera producer says you can throw in some Aussie lingo if you want and Mikey Nichols responds with oh, nah mate that's mostly just cuss words and headbutts <laughs> And it goes to this great video about their careers, just like the Ember Moon one. And it's so good. I'm like, God, it just reminds me what a failure they were in WWE because they look like mm -hmm. a world-beating babyface tag team in this. Just so likable. Came in made of glass. Yeah. January 24th, a Velvel Holler at the Teens dream green screen promo. Uh, mic'd by the first year full sale students. It sounds horrible and is put together by the one kid who's learning After Effects. <laughs> Uh, he complains about Johnny and says, uh, no matter how the pieces fall tonight, a dream will be over. I cannot stress how much you should not watch the opening titles to this era of NXT at two times speed. My eyes nearly exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is flashing and moving so fast. So we have 24 minutes of the show left when Johnny Gargano makes his entrance for his match against Velveteen Dream. Uh, Dream is wearing a stylishly shredded version of Johnny's t-shirt. Uh, they do a match. Um, uh, what happens? Uh, Dream hits Sonata's new finisher, uh, but that doesn't even beat Gargano, let alone win him the IWGP title. Uh, Gargano get, eventually gets the knees up on a top rope elbow, locks on the Gargano escape for the submission. This was very much your dynamite foregone conclusion match. 
Mm. Uh, Andrade and Zelina come out. They stroll into the ring. Andrade raises the belt, hands it off to Vega, and then tries to attack Gargano. Johnny sees it coming and gets a couple of punches in, but gets overwhelmed, battered, chucked out of the ring. Uh, Almas poses with the belt, but Gargano drags himself uh, back to the apron and hits the champ with the slingshot DDT. Vega is screaming at him not to touch the belt, and a whole section of the crowd are chanting, touch it, touch it. Thankfully, Velveteen has vanished by now. Uh, he poses with the belt as we go off the air, and we'll see you at the weekend for the title match. So, the match itself. Uh, the version Mark and I watched, uh, whether he knows it or not, uh, is from WWE's YouTube channel. So they have put this whole match up on YouTube yep. for free. Um, yeah, spoiler, except the entrances. Except the entrances, yes. Spoiler, excellent idea. Yeah. I will put the link out when we when mm. we tweet out this show. Yeah. Can, I, can I say on the entrances, by the way? Yes. Andrade's entrance was 10 stars oh, yeah? for this. It was when he came out with the full mariachi band in the La Sombra mm. mask. Mm. Yes. Uh, ah. Yes, it was like, this is... I always remember he did it, but not which match it was for. This man could and should have made millions of dollars on the oh. main roster with this presentation. Yeah, yeah. So I don't often think this about the Luchadors when they come to WWE, but they were right to take the mask off La Sombra. Like, he oh. looks like a movie star. He is oh, an absurdly good-looking man. <laughs> an incredibly sexy man. Yes. And they put him with Zelina, who is handling it for the dads. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was that period where it felt like almost every big luchador that lost their mask turned out to be the sexiest man alive. It was like. Do you remember when they were trying to take it off Ultimo Dragon because Stephanie had seen him and went four? Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a rumor put about by Ultimo Dragon because I don't remember Yoshihiro as I look being that attractive. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, also. Who, on, who on, was the one that was like the older the older luchador that had lost his oh, mask. And it was like, Dr. Wagner Dr. Jr. Dr. Wagner Jr. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Sexy That's the one yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Sexy <laughs> hipster granddad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, just quickly on Selena. One, I always forget that she's married to Malachi Black. <laughs> Such a, you would never have made yeah. that. <laughs> married in, the, married th- in this year of 2018. Yeah. Second, I recently found out she's Amazing Red's cousin. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah about the same size. Uh, so, uh, wrestle, wrestle, grapple, grapple. Uh, Morrow treads all over Percy Watson to tell us that Candice LeRae is here. She is shown uh, on camera for the first time. Uh, Gargano's yeah. wife and new signing to NXT. Yeah, she had been in. Had she been in the? Was she in the first May Young Classic? I don't remember. Year? I feel like she was, and she wasn't signed. And then she was signed by the second one. Those in the Cruiserweight Classic were sort of kind of treated as non-canon in NXT a bit. Yeah. God, they were great. The, uh, yeah, yeah. I I had a, a hankering recently to go back and rewatch the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. I think it was when we were talking about Kota Ibushi on the uh, mm. final episode of DD Teach Mark. I was like, oh, yeah, he did that. When he was wrestling Kendrick and hit a burning hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian Danielson losing it on commentary. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, you as I did listen to how this ring was Mike. Uh, Gargano comes down off a leapfrog and it sounds like someone is pinging a basketball off a garage mm. wall. <laughs> it's got such a weird note to it and it's so loud. Yeah. Oh, I, I wanted to say as well, because we had mentioned mm. about like how uh, Almas's career in, in NXT had really turned around in recent months. Mm. It's worth remembering that there genuinely was a very strong argument at this exact period that Johnny Gargano was the best baby face on North American television at the yeah. time. He mm. was he was more over as a genuine baby face than anyone on the main roster by a mile. Yeah, and I mean uh, that's borne out in the crowd reactions in in this match. Mm. Like on the last time you were on we we talked about uh Shawn Michaels versus uh Kurt Angle and how like it kind of started out a bit muted. I don't think this was muted at all. Like the crowd wanted this from the get-go, I think. Yeah. And that was such a like it was a key part of that era of NXT is that people felt invested in wrestlers in a way that they they haven't in 
mm. a decade plus on the main roster, probably since the you know the punk pipe bomb and stuff like that, and then Daniel Bryan a couple of years later. There's no mm. one really that had caught anyone's attention in that way organically in many years, and uh, it was such a kind of these are our guys, and like yeah. this is you know, I, it's such a. I mean, that was a tagline, it, wasn't it? We are NXT. Yeah, and like yeah. that went for the crowd as well as the as well as the performers. Mm. And you look at how organically Gargano's story was. It was kind of DIY. We're not meant to be a thing. Yeah, they were. Mm. They were basically enhancements. They're enhancement. They got over. They built. They grew. They won the tag titles. They then lost. Gargano got turned on. So the whole story. They were consistent and slowly building up Gargano mm. to this point. He's organically grown to be like the top face in the promotion yeah. mm. uh, a far cry from his first wwe appearance as the prince of luxembourg uh losing a match on smackdown <laughs> to mvp i think <laughs> i can't say i remember that oh it's it's worth looking up my friends <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh andrade avoids this leapfrog i was talking about about five minutes ago mm. uh, and goes for his hammerlock ddt finisher and they do a couple of reversals where uh gargano goes to reverse into the gargano escape and it gets reversed back into the hammerlock and then revert counted mm. again and andrade rolls out into a stalemate and uh uh with wrestling sort of like not getting him anywhere uh almas tries to kick some punches uh mm. johnny runs the ropes and he takes him down with a hurricane run or a drop kick and an arm drag and takes it back to wrestling he's got him clamped in an arm bar like it's wcw worldwide 1992 um mm. johnny tries to tip up in the corner that worked for him before uh but this time almas puts the brakes on and drops him with a big loud overhand chop uh johnny's quickly back in it though using his aerial skills like he's a middle rope runner out the corner followed by a spell mm. outside where each man avoids the other's dive and gargano sees that andrade is in place to hit him with a liger flip off the apron but almas moves and gargo bounces off the floor he yeah. hits the ringside mats so hard and he's it's not a big lad is johnny gargano yeah. Yeah. I, I winced this dodge is great because gargano as he's flying Andrade is literally touching him and almost, but not quite, hip tossing him. He's literally, he's like, it just sidestepped uh, yeah, he's, just it, enough. I mean, we talked about dubious replays on the, uh, the last time Dave was here. Uh, and, uh, like, he, in live action, it gives the impression that he's sort of like helping push Gargano down. In reality, he's just sort of like gently tapping him on the side as he goes past. Um, but I still, but that's fine. Like, he didn't need any extra help. Yeah. It still works for me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No complaints at all. Um, so Amos gets the heat, basically just kicking the shit out of him. Uh, he gives him kind of like a dragon sleeper over the top rope to put pressure on the neck. Uh, and then he's just leaning on him with a head and chin lock, softening up the head and neck for the, the hammerlock DDT. Uh, and it's not your usual like TV wrestling chin lock, though. It looks more like, for a lot of it, it looks more like Moxley's bully choke. Like really leaning down on the back of his neck. Uh, they do a sequence of counters ending in Gargano's like roll up leg sweep thing and then his his like seated twisting kick. I mean, that was really nice because the, the story they told in that series is that Gargano tweaked his back trying to do a suplex. So he mm. did a move that didn't involve him doing any lifting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gargano tries the old rope assisted uh, Gamangiri, but Armas grabs the leg and uses it to drag him into the tree of woe, uh, but misses the, the old stomp off the same corner uh, and gets an. Jesus Christ. He gets an overhead belly to belly into the buckles where he lands right on the back of his head. Yeah. This looks like. They're, they're very close to the turnbuckles when they do it. And usually, like, it will be, oh, people land on their back and, like, just their, their feet or their legs will hit the buckles. And everybody thinks it's devastating. This was back of the head and neck straight down into the mat. Gross. The, the <laughs> setup for the Tree of Woe was really nice. And slick. Yeah. It was probably one of the best Tree of Woe double stomp type spots in terms of it didn't. And, and spoiler for my thoughts on a lot of this match, it's like, Generally, the execution for most of the spots in this match are kind of 
better than I expect the spots to be on paper. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot of organic setup to get into yeah. things. Um, if you heard me chuckling, then it's because Dave has shared a picture of Johnny Gargano as the Prince of Luxembourg, <laughs> which uh, will oh, be going then. out on Twitter when we release this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tremendous. I've seen it now. Tremendous. <laughs> you can't unsee it as the thing. No, no. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, uh, if I go out tomorrow night, I might wear that. That uh, so, that character's name, by the way, he did have a name, yes. Cedric von Housen. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do we get here? Uh, yay boo forearms that Gargano turns into clotheslines before taking full advantage with running forearms and his tornado flatliner out the corner. <sighs> Just like the fountain pen, Johnny Gargano's refused to be written off time and again. Oh, I almost switched fuck. this off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is before Morrow becomes unbearable. Yeah. But like he is, he teeters dangerously close on a couple of occasions. <laughs> there was like a number of times it, during this match where I started typing Morrow's really behaving himself. And then he would have one line where I'm like, oh, you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know. So uh, for every match we do on the show, I watch it twice. I will do the, the fan watch where I get the flow of the match and then I'll do the notes watch. I yeah. didn't notice this line the first time around. And yeah. as I was re-watching it today, this happened. And I like, I pressed pause i put down my ipad and i nearly had to go for a vinnie ver high vinnie goes for a walk like yeah. <laughs> good lord and this match should have it was supposed to have nigel mcginnis on the call but he yeah. was he was ill at the time yes yeah they do mention that later on i was wondering oh where's nigel because it's just mm. uh it, it's just uh morrow and percy watson percy who is generally not good at anything yeah. was also shockingly decent calling this match. Yeah, yeah. No, he had this thing, like, he was one of these people, like, where NXT would periodically have commentators that were, as a commentator, not very good, mm. but at least seemed interested enough in what mm. was happening when you, we were going through a period of, like, main roster commentators that couldn't be less interested in what's happening in the ring. He's got the, uh, he's got the uh, David Crockett slash Mongo McMichael thing. What he lacked in talent he made up for an enthusiasm enthusiasm mm. like he and morrow are genuinely into this match as it progresses yeah it actually kind of there is um a similarity between i i was thinking this when um titus did two matches on commentary over the most recent wrestlemania mm. weekend and i was like he's not good as a commentator but it's so refreshing to hear somebody that actually likes what they're watching yeah. <laughs> yes very much so so it looks like Almas is going to take control again when he spiders Tranquilos into the ropes, uh, but he takes too long and runs into the slingshot spear for a great near fall. And what I loved about it was he didn't do the usual wrestler thing of slowing down and telegraphing that that's what was going to happen. He basically yeah. just kept running and let Johnny mm. hit him. Sadly, I need to point out one of the things that irritated me much more than Mauro Ronaldo mm. for this whole match. That's a high The bloody crowd. Oh, you mentioned this on Twitter uh, recently, yes. Because at this point, we start getting the one, two, sweet chants, which yes. are, and, and there's multiple times this crowd gets really obnoxious. I've uh, kind, the, I kind of learned to tune it out, I think, uh, mm. but you're right, yeah. And and the worst bit is like when they go one, two, oh, as in they're reacting to mm. it. And then remember, oh, we've got this shtick. So then do yeah. the sweet at the end. Yeah. Like, the, I mean, might as well do it now. It comes later on. The This is when um, Ty Dillinger had the perfect 10 gimmick. Oh, not And so with tent. every count the ref does for a count out, the crowd chant 10. And I don't know if that is marginally better or worse than the british wrestling thing that was happening around the same time of counting one ahead of the referee oh that oh. ring of honor also had a thing a few years before this where every time there was a count the new york fans would chant twinkies okay which was as bad it was like one twinkies two twinkies i was at a show in ireland where some fans that had flown in from the uk tried to do the count one off the referee thing in a match early on on the card mm. all i will say about how that was received in the room was they did not try it a second time <laughs> <Fair enough>. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time the british have tried something terrible in ireland no, no. <laughs> 
Uh, Andrade turns a flying head scissors into like a face first slam thing and then hit what I never know what it's called. I called it Kotori Bush's recovery moonsault where he does a moonsault off the top, but the guy rolls away. And so he hits a, a one from the mat instead. Mm-hmm. Um, it- it was his version of that as well. I always thought was one of the ones where it actually looked like he was stopping himself from hitting. It didn't look like this flawless gymnastics yeah. move. Mm-hmm. It looked yeah. like he kind of stumbled a little to catch yes. his place and then did the second moonsault. Yes. Coach Rebush is slightly too good to do this yeah. spot he came up the, with himself. Yes. The problem yeah. I always have with that spot is that it's very hard to make it look like you weren't planning to do the double yes. moonsault the entire mm-hmm. time. Yes. And this but, is probably as close as you could get. Yes. I think so. Uh, they go back to trading forearms, but not one for one. Like each guy gets in a few each time uh, until uh, Andrade drops him with what I called a rocket of a spinning back elbow. The mm. Judas effect has never looked this good. It was yeah. 16 months before the Judas effect. And yeah. it, it's <laughs> 16 times better than any of them. <laughs> um, Gargano responds with a super kick for his own near fall. And then they do a spot where they each hit a right arm clothesline, then a left arm clothesline, and then a, 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 a simultaneous slap for a double down. Yeah. So this is like the first, this is like a 35 minute match. Like for most of the first 20 minutes, it's nonstop. Oh yeah. I, I mean, like there are a few holds and then there's exhaustion later on, but the general pace of this match is nuts. Yeah. It's and go, the, the, go, go. The, and the crowd, again, after, like you said, this is peak era NXT. So this crowd would have been losing it for stuff all night. Mm. And they managed to keep with this match. Yeah. And yeah. they are going absolutely bananas right through the end of it. Mm. They have a scrap in the corner that ends when Gargano slips out of the mounted 10 punch, pulling Andrade's arm as he does so, getting mm. him in perfect position for Osprey's cheeky Nando's kick. Um, and like as we like mentioned before like i love how several times now they've given thought as to how to logically get into position for the next spot they want to do yeah rather than like obviously maneuvering into place or something like that slight spoilers this is one of the biggest strengths and one of the things i love about this match Mm. is that there is a level of thought to the spots and to making it look like they are thinking of the spots that you do not get Mm in a lot of wrestling these days and it and it kind of elevates it for me. It's one of the reasons I've always called it like I I would go so far as to call this the best match in the history of NXT because I think that NXT during this era was for all the the positive and negative that comes with it a super indie spot fest promotion a lot mm-hmm. of the time, you mm-hmm. know. Um and the stuff that really separates the wheat from the chaff in NXT are those matches that you exactly described perfectly there, Mark. The ones that have the little additional layer of thought. It's not, we're going to do this cool move. We're going to do that cool move. Mm. There's reasons why these moves are happening now. Mm. And there's also reasons to get you into the position for these moves to happen. Not, we have to mm. run over here because this is where we're doing this bit now. Yeah. Um. Everything flowed so well. The connective yeah. tissue mm. between the high spots was there, and it was it 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 made it a more satisfying meal. Mm. We should also say, like, on top of the pace, on top of that connective tissue, their execution throughout is pretty mm-hmm. much flawless. Oh, they are so good in this match. Yeah. Um. Uh, Almas backflips out of a sunset flip powerbomb and hits Gargano with his signature drive-through double knee strike in the corner. <sighs> Uh, those knees were just oh, killer yeah yeah uh he misses a second though uh staggers away and as he comes back around gargano goes for the slingshot spear again but almost catches him drives his face into his knee and then into the mat and then hits a tornado reverse ddt for a near fall the mm. crowd give them a standing ovation <laughs> yeah <laughs> um because like all that you described happens in about 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as I said, perfectly executed as well. Yeah. Uh, Gargano avoids the hamlock DDT and whatever would have come out of a fireman's carry out on the apron uh, and hits his slingshot DDT out there instead. Mm-hmm. This is where the dickhead crowd are chanting 10 along with the refs counts. But what I love with the slingshot DDT is, so when Gargano hits the enziguri, you can see him looking at Almas, looking at the apron, yeah. and you can visibly see him thinking... I've got an opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great. 
Uh, back inside, Johnny takes a crack at Gargano escape, but almost uses a jawbreaker and then the spinning back elbow again to knock him down in the corner. Uh, he goes to the knees again, but Gargano leaps out of the corner with a huge clothesline and uh, like a snake-eyed lawn dart into the middle turnbuckle. Uh, one minor blow against Andrade here. He's a proponent of the bouncy corner, which drives me nuts. You should not hit the corner the way you hit the ropes. They do not have the same give. If you do yeah. that, why doesn't your opponent bounce out when you corner whip them? Mm -hmm. It's one of the little pieces of logic that's been eroded away in pro wrestling over the past like 10 to 15 years that drives me up the wall. <laughs> when you, yeah, when you manage to make an Irish whip spot less credible than the concept of the Irish whip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the crowd are on their feet again as he prepares for a super kick to the kneeling Andrade, which is like that was Johnny's half of the old uh, DIY finisher. Yeah. And, and it was pointed out that this was the first time he'd done that since the split. Did they do um, now? It's, it's a sliver or something is coming back to me. Did they do a thing where he like he didn't have the confidence to do it? Like he would go into the corner and he would start to do the pose, and then he was he would like yeah. have like P DIY PTSD and yeah. couldn't do it, and that was how he lost a bunch of matches. Yeah, it was like part PTSD, and like they were telling it that it was like either you know the the trauma of what happened with Tommaso, and also the he's trying to prove he can he's not defined by DIY yeah. anymore as well yeah. you know that that thing yes and this was the time where like this was the time to bring out the old favorites and the big guns uh, mm. in this match yeah because that was uh, there's the other thing as well like as well as the losing a string of matches like Johnny Gargano's arc in NXT was always losing the big one yeah mm. yeah uh Zelina though like she she distracts him uh rather than him distracting himself she takes a swipe at his foot uh and that allows Andrade to smash him into the corner with a drop kick um Gargano though turns the hamlock DDT into a small package and then hits the kick he was looking for for two roof raising near falls mm. uh as Johnny climbs the buckles from the outside Andrade swipes out his legs again finding an organic way to put him in the yeah. tree of woe Mm -hmm. this time hanging from the middle turnbuckle down outside the ring. Uh, this time, though, Andrade gets the stomp all the way to the floor, which <laughs> Johnny's head and neck smash into the apron, and then he somehow turns around and I think gets his forehead caught under the rope as well as he <sighs> as he tumbles. Of like, It's a low-key version of, do you remember that bump Vince McMahon took over the top rope for China in like a battle royal in 1999? <laughs> where he gets his neck caught under the bottom rope and then it slingshots his head like a basketball back down onto the apron. Yes, yeah, this is the gentler version of that, but still can't have been too much fun. Uh, so Andrade's hit the stomp uh, and he follows it up by repeatedly smashing the back of Gargano's head against the, uh, the apron LED board that they have on the side of the ring at this time. Uh, drive through knees again, Johnny kicks out. They throw exhausted strikes back and forth before Johnny finds it in him to uncork a superkick and a poison rana. Um, not commonplace in any of no. WWE in 2018. And this is, again, it was something that, like, one of the signs of something that at the time was completely like, oh, my God, I can't believe they just did that on a yeah. takeover show and mm. would become something that was beaten to goddamn death not yeah. just in nxt but like i think the poison rana like we can put that on the shelf now for a good 10 years with all our destroyers and super kicks now thank you I, very much yes unless it's vikingo doing that incredible double springboard no look backwards yeah. one he does yes okay yeah yeah oh. he, he, he's allowed dave me me and kieran are big fans of harashima and Hiroshima does the Poison Rana and has been doing it as a regular spot since 2006. <laughs> and let's just say the level of execution is, if you're lucky, 50-50. <laughs> it, it's like Will Ospreay wanting to use the Spanish fly in every match when half his opponents can't bump for it. Just the physics of it, like backflipping onto your own head with someone else sitting on your shoulders <laughs> is uh, just not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and like, and if you're going to do it, it's not going to be in the first 10 seconds of a match. It's going to be after 20 minutes of like beating the shit out of each other. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of big moves fall apart because of how late they're like, they were practiced fresh and then <laughs> they try it late in the match and everybody's tired and sweaty and just can't hold up and do it. Anyway, we're getting off track. Um, 
Uh, it looks like I've talked about perfect execution. It looks like Almas loses his grip while assisting on uh, the old La Mystica slash uh, Torbellino. Uh, but uh, Gargano manages to hang on and gets the Gargano escape fully applied for the first time. I just uh, love how this looks. Yes, it's messy, but I love the messiness. It's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, look, yeah. it looks wasn't a complaint. Like, yeah. It looks like Gargano's got control. Then, oh, shit. Uh, Andrade's got control. Oh no, Gargano's got it back and yeah. got into position. So yeah. It's great. Um, Andrade fights and fights, and Zelina runs around the ring and grabs his hand. And when the ref gets yeah. up to admonish her, Almas thumbs Johnny in the eye to get free. Lovely stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gargano avoids the hammerlock DDT again by backdropping Almas to the floor and then hits a tope to the back of the neck. <laughs> gruesome like 25 <laughs> minutes into a match yeah it's like, the tope andrade had no chance of the seeing this coming <laughs> no yeah uh, it's it's proper trust uh as he rolls andrade back in though vega comes off the apron with her own hurricane rana sending gargano into the steps which and is like her high spot <laughs> yeah yeah she had a couple of things she could do very well and this was yeah. one of them yeah. And she'd do it in a lot of his matches as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You always knew if she was in the flat boots, someone was getting the Rana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this plays into like, and this is something I love about it. Like she does, again, there's a rule of threes thing happening here with the Hammerlock DDT attempts, mm. but also with the Zelina interfering yeah. attempts. Yeah. She does her two usual interference spots, which is, uh, which is to like distract the referee mm. and hit the Rana on the dude. And then when she goes the third time is when she's thwarted, but we'll talk about that yeah, shortly. Yeah. Uh, so she's screaming at Almas to, to get him and finish him and, and like Almas grabs in Hammerlock DDT. One, two, Gargano kicks out and the Wells Fargo Center goes ape shit. Had anyone kicked out of the Hammerlock DDT? I don't know. At this point. I don't know. Um, I don't know if they did it in the Drew match because he did the he did a top rope version to he did finish. The draping Drew off. one. Yeah. 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 I I love the kick out here because the way Andrade does the cover, it's quite lazy and he's kind of covering the lower body mm. and gargano only just raises the shoulder and mm. you've got this brilliant sort of storyline cover that if andrade had focused on a a top of the body lateral press gargano couldn't have kicked out mm. Uh, so Johnny rolls to the floor, like just exhausted, rolls to the floor on the other side of the ring and Zelina marches around to have another go. And then the roof comes off the place as Candace jumps over the barrier and spears her. Yeah. Um, the camera switches also go wild uh, as Lorraine mm -hmm. pounds her on the floor, throws her into the barricade and then chases her through the crowd. This was the only time that like the um, the direction really got on my tits in this match. Like they yeah. had mostly like avoided all the, the tropes and, and shit we get now. Because like this existed in a world that Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon didn't care about, yeah. the production on NXT was generally far less obnoxious. Yes, that's true. Particularly like of the the weekly TV show, I think like it got to the point where some more of quote unquote the professionals were sent down for the takeovers mm. to make them look big time. But yeah. the, the TV, like I don't I don't even know if the TV was handled a lot by full sale students in some respects. Yeah. I know shortly before this is when Sean starts backstage, right? Yeah, because Gargano's run towards the title was like his first pet project because mm. he loves he loves Gargano. Yeah, um, and you wouldn't yet see you wouldn't get to see the ills of Sean's influence for a couple of months yet. Mm. Uh, the why am I so violent faces are just round the corner. Yes. Um. So importantly, here the element that caused Gargano to lose his last two matches to Almas is no longer a factor. Yeah. She has been chased somewhere backstage. Uh, nobody in this crowd is sitting down as Gargano gets a near fall off the slingshot DDT and then Andrade gets his foot on the ropes in the Gargano escape again. Mm. Um, they end up on the apron again where Almas desperation shoves Johnny down into the post and then smashes him with the drive-through knees against the post. This, like before we started doing this, this was the one spot I remember from this match, and I couldn't yeah. remember which of their three matches it was in. I was yeah. very glad it was this one. Mm, it looks yeah. just as brutal now as it did. Oh, it's great. It, it's great because the setup as well, where like he gets pushed back into the post and Johnny says like he's hit the like the back of his head mm, against yeah. it and he's completely prone. And you're like, you see him running up and it's like, okay, like 
it's against the ring post for the sake of his knees he's not going to hit this full speed yeah. and if anything hits it double speed like yeah. he, he oh, goes yeah. clean through Johnny Gargano's skull yeah it, it should be said like this is like the the ring posts are, are wrapped in LED boards like they're not doing this yeah. against metal thankfully yeah. um so I don't I don't know if Andrade wouldn't have done it against him. That is <laughs> you know. yeah, fine. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> uh and then so finally um he he hauls uh Gargano up onto the top rope and hits him with the same elevating draping hammerlock DDT that he used to win the title from McIntyre and gets the pin. I remember when this was announced, like not being super bullish about it. Like, oh, Gargano versus Andrade. I don't know if I care. They've already had two matches, blah, blah. Okay. And then watching it live on the next day and just being blown away. Like, I honestly don't think either guy has been better before or since. And they yeah. both managed to have their best day at the same time. Yeah, I think I think this is a peak for both of them. Definitely. Yeah, I think that they had this insane... This is what happens sometimes in NXT where you'd put two guys against each other and you go... I mean, I guess it'll be good, but I wouldn't have made that match myself. And then it like dramatically over delivers. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. that. One of the other ones I think of particularly was uh, Adam Cole and Alistair Black. When they did that takeover match, you know where, um, God, it, it, uh, there's a that's spot. Th- that's this takeover. Is it? It's yeah, earlier on in this night it's where a, it's the Adam show. Cole does the spot where he goes spine first onto the, the chairs that are pointed the wrong way around. Yes, yes, yeah, it is. Where it was just like, I remember just going, I, I wouldn't have put those two together in a match <laughs> and they murdered each other. Yeah. I might go back and watch this full show now. Yeah, I was just bringing it up. Yeah. Uh, Undisputed Era versus Authors of Pain, uh, Velveteen versus Cassius Ono, Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler, Alistair Black versus Adam Cole, and then. Uh, Almas versus Gargano. It's a good night at the races. Yeah. So as we kind of like touched on at the beginning, like I think this is a tremendous example of uh, modern US wrestling, say like from the last 10 years. And if somebody who didn't watch at the time, like asked what the big deal was about black and gold, Triple H, Super Indie, NXT, show them this and say, we basically got one of these every couple of months. I really enjoyed this. I thought this was fantastic. The definitive NXT matches of this era are this, the two out of three falls tag match DIY revival, and for me, uh, Nakamura and Zayn. Yeah. Those are my three that I would show to anybody before anything else. uh, Which, interestingly, we've covered all three. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And rightfully so, gentlemen. You're doing your jobs very well. Yes. Uh, Mark, where'd you land on this? I like this a hell of a lot more than i expected to coming into this coming into this i i remembered it was well received i didn't remember too much i expected to prefer angle versus michaels and i much prefer this match to kurt angle versus Shawn michaels Hmm. it's and it's like i mean i i i liked it slightly less on my second watch but for me it's like this is incredible action it's incredible pace but the thing that they do is the execution is great but constantly they are doing things in this match to make it logical to make it believable to as you said earlier dave the connective tissue for this style match this is probably the best level of connective tissue you can get in u.s indie wrestling it's Mm. Without it doesn't hurt the pace. It actually gives things a little bit of time to breathe, but not too much. And for me, this is so we're kind of around the period where the NXT force epic is becoming a thing because yeah. NXT and WWE know that this is the kind of thing that gets them yeah. the reputation. Mm. So they're trying to manufacture this yeah. with wrestlers who, quite frankly, can't do it. And the, the best way to describe it is a wrestling match is like making a meal from a recipe. And when you're in a place like NXT, you're given ingredients that you can and can't use. You're given techniques you have to use. You've got to do a certain style. So you've got these limitations. And this is a perfect example of where the wrestlers have looked, have looked at the ingredients and they know exactly how to use the ingredients and there's elements here like they subvert your expectations on certain tropes. They they use spots like Tope way later in the match than you expect. And and they just 
this is a match where they've clearly thought about it and it just 100% works. And as you say, I don't think Gargano's had a better match. I don't think Andrade's had a better match. It just 100% works. It's it's not a miracle because they've put the work in. But this is just fantastic. And yeah, I'm going to say it. This is must-see because this is kind of the definition of what you could get from this style. And the problem is WWE were chasing this repeatedly and getting diminishing mm. returns. I mean, the the very next like major feud was where it started to get like really obnoxious for me because like yeah. the this the the very end where we go off the air yeah. is Champa returns and beats Johnny Gargano to death with a crutch as we yes. go off the yes. air, and it's this feud where the obnoxious NXT forced <laughs> epic tropes. <laughs> so my note is uh, 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 Almas leaves with Zelina and the belt, and Candice helps Johnny up the ramp as the crowd give him an ovation. They get to the stage, turn to face the arena, and the injured Tommaso Ciampa speeds out and smashes Johnny across the back with his crutch. Kicking off the decline? Question mark. Yeah, I my title for this document that I wrote my notes in is "It's all downhill from here." <laughs> <laughs> this is it. We're at the top of the mountain now. I do think that some of the Gargano and Champa stuff was good. I won't say that yes. all of their matches sucks, but you're both right about how like it very quickly became the era of the forced epic, and they were the faces of it, and it became it. It turned into why do my hands make me do such violent things? Yes. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and 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 all of that kind of stuff. This is the last of the, the last of the pure NXT big main events. And this is one of the things, like people who were critics of Johnny before he came to NXT. Like I always liked him well mm. enough, but I think like when he came to NXT, he like his worst impulses from the indies because he he could be quite self indulgent in mm. in the way he put his matches together on the indies, mm. but he was focused and filtered in such a way in nxt yeah. up until this point that it was just like this is it this is this guy is the guy in terms of like you could make this guy a huge baby face on the main roster if you just kept this momentum going mm. and then with sean down there and everybody liking the smell of their own farts a bit too much everyone got indulgent everyone got to the trying to make fetch happen we're going to tell you that this is an epic until you believe us and look for better or worse now their audience believes them when wwe tells you this guy is a legend this match is great no one has a no one who consistently watches that product now has a critical eye on it all yeah they're like yes the bloodline is it's it's cinema it's, it's the greatest thing we've ever seen because they've told yes, us. Yes, it's cinema. It's Air Bud. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the problem was they didn't take Gargano to the main roster. They brought the main roster to Gargano. Yeah, they brought all of the bad things from that to him, rather than sending him there and letting him just do what he was doing. Which, I mean, how often do they send someone to the main roster and let him do what he's doing? Oh, and uh, 2023, Johnny Gargano is back in NXT. Yeah. Where, <laughs> what have we accomplished? And probably in that takeover of WrestleMania weekend, had his best match since he had been in NXT the first time. Oh. <laughs> uh, so to, to wrap this up and, and get it back into the format of the show, uh, Dave, uh, you, you, you brought this to us. Uh, do you still feel about it now as you did then and, and, when, you, and when you put it on your list? Yeah, I, I like I, I think this is a really special match. Like I said, I think this is the best match, uh, the best single match uh, of this year of NXT. I think it's the exemplar for what they were trying mm. to do and would later try to do to a fault, as we've said. Um, this is the match I would show people for either NXT or for either of these two men to explain why yeah. I'm so mad at where they are mm. relatively now. Mm. Um I, yeah, I think this, like I said, at the to open the show, I think this is a real snapshot of a period of time. And I look back on it very fondly at that time that like you're the same as me, Karen, where like I was carving out time to watch these takeovers mm. live because I could not miss them. Yeah. And I can't imagine feeling that way about anything with WWE pause on it now. No, absolutely not. Uh, so just quickly uh, from the Observer, 423 people responded to Dave's request for feedback. 
422 of them gave the show a thumbs up and the other one went thumbs in the middle. 377 of them called this match the match of the night and pretty much the the few remaining went for uh, Black versus Cole. Um, five stars. Uh, the first WWE five-star match since CM Punk versus John Cena seven years previously. And the first of four for Johnny Gargano. Um, finished third Ooh. in the Observer Awards yeah, for match of the year behind Tanahashi versus Ibushi that we covered on episode 43 mm-hmm. uh, and an Omega versus Okada match that we're not going to get to for at least six months. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thank you very much again for joining us. Uh, where can people go to listen to you talking about uh, Jackie Chan's cock and balls? absolute pleasure as always (laughs) folks yes your premium Jackie Chan hog talk happens over at largemanappears.com which is the Patreon for my podcast uh, with myself and Lee Malone Days of Thunder our podcast where every two weeks uh, we look at uh, we we have been looking at every episode of WCW Thunder in sequence to see if World Championship Wrestling makes more or less sense when you only watch the B show Uh, have you come close to a conclusion yet? I'm sad is my conclusion <laughs> at the moment. In, in He's holding up a sign that says, please help. I don't know what that means. So it is, yes, it is less a podcast and more a cry for help <laughs> at this point. It's a, it's airing a therapy session every two weeks. That's over on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Um, you can check that out every two weeks. And if you enjoy what myself and Lee do there, we have plenty more uh, for just five euro a month uh, at largemanappears.com, the Days of Thunder Patreon, where we review movies, we review uh, shows that are requested by listeners. We review old Clash of the Champions shows. Uh, we review shows where Jackie Chan is tempted to get the whole hog out. Uh, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get over the Days of Thunder Patreon. Um, and yeah, we're at WCW Thunderpod on Twitter. And I am at the Day to Dave. And we are, of course, uh, at Must See Matches on Twitter, Instagram, and Mastodon, although Twitter is the active one of those. The others are only there as lifeboats in case uh, Melon Husk sinks the whole thing. I am at Kieran Edits, and Mark is... At Monkey underscore Buckles. Uh, if you head off to linktr.ee slash Matches, you can find all the ways to subscribe to this show if you don't already. Why do you not? Uh, links to the full list of nominations and a whole load more. Every month I am on GCP with Andy Ogden reviewing the 1999 British wrestling uh, television show UWA Wrestling Rampage, which is quite the thing. Uh, that is, you can find that at GCP Podcast One on Twitter or look for GCP Podcast on your podcast app of choice. Next week, we rewind to SummerSlam 91 to talk Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect. And joining us will be the man, the myth, the legend, Arnold Furious. So make sure you're here for that. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.